What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I am talking with master house flipper Tyler Jensen in the Salt Lake City, Utah market. He's got 35 active flips going on right now, and I asked him what's going on in his business. What are they seeing for the houses that they're putting up for sale? Are they seeing price reductions? Are they seeing longer times on markets? Are they seeing they're going to have to do just their uh, maximum allowable offers, their ARVs, all of these things? And we dove into his business, what's going on, and a lot of his recommendations for you guys and how you should potentially change your business model, what you should look at, and uh, how you can thrive in this environment right now. So stick around. We'll play the theme music. I'll be right back with Tyler Jensen. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? We're back with another amazing show, and I have one of my favorite people on the planet on the show today. He's been on the show before. Um, we didn't even have time to catch up, so we'll just catch up live on the recording. So I got Tyler Jensen on the show today. If you guys don't know who this man is, um, I, you've been living under a rock or you just found seven bigger flippings, so one or the other. Um, and a uh, guy who's flipped, I don't know, hundreds of houses, has done some in like four days or one day or something like that. So um, he, we, he did uh, four, two duplexes in under seven days. We did a series on it on YouTube. If you want to check that out, go to our seven figure flipping YouTube channel and check out the seven day flip. Uh, really cool stuff. So Tyler, thanks for being here with me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been on this podcast. So stoked to be back. I know you don't screw it up, man. All right. <laughs> hey, if anybody did just uh, find out about you for the first time, can you just give like a quick one minute overview of who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I've been flipping houses for a long time. I started flipping houses in 2008, uh, flipped hundreds of houses. We did just shy of 100 last year um, on our track on well on our way to hit that again. We've got 35 rehabs going right now and yeah, just do a lot of fix and flipping. So we don't do any wholesale or anything like that. We're strictly flippers. We do a lot of flipping, buy and hold, and then we do some short term rentals as well. So been in the real estate game a long time, flipped a lot of houses. We, we made that awesome. It was actually the week the world shut down for COVID that we flipped four houses in seven days, like same week. The world was shutting down. COVID <clears throat> was just happening. And uh, yeah, we still flipped four houses in a week. So it was pretty crazy. That was a, a fun project we did together. Wasn't there like an earthquake there too? Yeah. Yeah. That there was like an earthquake. The airport shut down. COVID. It was just nuts, man. The perfect storm. Yeah, and right. now we're coming out of the perfect storm and it feels like a lot of people are going into another storm, right? And they're wondering yeah. what's going on. So that's what I want to do. Um, Andy and I have talked about this before. Like, it's like we're in a snow globe all the time. Like somebody just shakes up the snow globe and it feel like there's fog and you can't see it. So you said you got 35 projects going on right now. So what I wanted to do is bring somebody on the show today to talk about how, like, what are they doing right now? Like, are you freaking out? Is now the time to go crazy and put your head under a rock or like what's going on? So, and, and I specifically want to talk to pricing. I want to talk to how you're buying. I want to talk to how you're pricing the sales um, of the houses, what the interest rates doing to your buyers, all kinds of stuff like that. And before we go any further, just keep in mind, Tyler is in Salt Lake City, Utah in that specific market. So what I don't want everybody to do is say, oh, 
that's what's happening in Salt Lake City, so that must be happening in my market. We're gonna talk about that and make sure that we bring that in, but real estate is local and even hyper-local sometimes. Um, so it, it could be like things are dropping in one area and going crazy in another. So just think about that. So. Tyler, what's going on? Like, what's the state of affairs that you feel like? Like, are you still buying as much as you were before? Have you slowed down? And um, and what does that look like? Yeah, definitely. So it, it's funny how this works, right? That everyone thinks the sky is falling. And I just want to say that it's not, right? The sky is not falling. We're still flipping real estate. We're still doing a lot of deals. Um, so those people who are kind of waiting for the market, and, and here's kind of the pulse that I'm seeing, is that people are kind of pausing, right? These newer rehabbers are kind of slowing down because they want to see what the market's doing. Uh, wholesalers, I know that you you wholesale a lot and have a wholesaling company, and, and wholesalers are actually reaching out to me because buyers are not performing anymore, right? So you used to be able to send out an email and 10,000 over asking, and someone would take that deal, and you'd be able to make a ton of money on it, right? Flippers were coming out of the woodwork. And the good thing for us, experienced rehabbers, is a lot of those people are going away, right? The market changes, people's mentality shift. Oh, it's a bad market, I don't know, should I invest, should I not? And just like most people that I've heard is that our phone is ringing off the hook. People are starting to question, well, can I still sell my house? Can I sell it for as much as I could have six months ago? And we're, we're still getting a lot of appointments and now I'm, I'm really pushing on the gas for my team to find deals and opportunity because they're coming, right? Sellers are, are getting worried. They're starting to get this fear base that, oh, my house isn't gonna be able to sell as much. And for us, we're not really freaking out about that. You're gonna see a lot, days on market are gonna change. We're not gonna sell houses in two hours and get 50 offers anymore. We all knew that was gonna happen. And you're gonna see more like a 2019 trend, right? You're gonna sit on the market for 20 or 30 days. And that's okay, that's a stabilized normal market. But a lot of people, we were in such this high appreciating market that stuff was happening so fast, you get 50 offers on one property. And now they're starting to worry that my house has been on the market for a week and it shouldn't be, right? Which is not the case at all for us. So I don't know where you wanna start on that bill. Like that's just kind of big picture what I'm seeing as the, the market as a whole is that people the inventory for us and in salt lake we still have less than two months of inventory so less than two months of inventory is still a really good market for us yeah you're going to have it, it's kind of becoming this equivalent market market before it was all sellers right sellers had all the cards they had all the power they could determine whatever the sales price they wanted and buyers had no power with inventory coming up and stabilizing a little bit more, we have more inventory, yes, than we did six months ago. Six months ago, we had a half a month, I think, of inventory, and now we're just shy of two months. And so inventory is coming back up, and now buyers have a little bit of a say. They don't have to rush, they don't have to compete with 50 different off offers, which is a normalized market, and that's okay. And for us, we're still buying just like we've always been, right? Can we, we always buy on the conservative side? So when we buy a property, we weren't, we weren't counting on this high appreciating market. We were still very conservative when we were buying properties. What can it sell for today? Not what it can sell for in the summer market or in three months with prices going through the roof. What can it sell for right now? And in doing that, our, our business fun, fundamentals really haven't changed, right? As far as what we look at deals, we were paying a lot more for them six months ago, but we knew we could sell them for a lot more. And so it kind of evened out. Now that prices are dipping, we're starting to see steeper discounts or we're able to compensate for those. So we're seeing that price and drop, especially with higher end homes in our market. 
Um, so we're kind of, we're not really doing, we're not really staying on those high, high priced properties. We're doing what we've always done. We're doing first time home buyers. We're flipping a ton of them. We're being really conservative on our deals and running our numbers. And we're just keeping with the trend, right? And now I, I feel like the floodgates are coming that we're gonna have a lot more opportunity to, ca to capture a lot of that versus it was really hard to find deals six months ago. So when you said you're not paying as much as you were six months ago now uh, on the purchase because you know the sales are gonna be adjusted or maybe a little bit longer hold times and stuff, do you have a formula? Do you have something that you're looking at? Are you buying at like a certain percentage less? What does that look like? No, so for us, it's, it's always been the same. We always had to net, it's all a net profit for us. So it's not really, a lot of people take that rule of 70% ARV minus repairs. That would never work for us in our market. A 70% minus repairs, just you would never get any deals if you kept with that. Let so me describe that, that real quick, the 70%. Yeah. And some of the reason why I think it's, it's really far off. And I, I had a whole chapter in uh, the book, Seven Figure Fl Flipping Underground that I wrote. You can go to 7ffbook.com, grab that for free. Um, inside of there, I talked about how the 70% rule you've got, if it's a $100,000 house, there's basically it's 70% minus repairs. So inside of that 30% that you took out is your profit, it's all holding costs, money costs, everything. The only thing that's not in there is the repairs. So the problem is when you have a $100,000 house, now there's $30,000 that includes your profit, money costs, insurance, taxes, utilities, everything, contingency budgets, all, all kinds of going over budget, over timeline, anything's in there, right? And now on top of that, if you have a million dollar house, now $300,000 comes out, right? So it really depends and it's kind of like a sliding scale on that. Uh, so what I like to do is, it, when, I, when I was flipping at least in Tyler, you can tell me what you guys do, is I like to take out my profit, I like to take out the repairs, I like to take out all the fixed costs inside those fixed costs, taxes, insurance, utilities, all these things. And then th there's my purchase price there. So I'll buy at that. I know if I know what my after repair value is, then I can just back it down to my offer price. And a lot of times for me, it, it usually came out in Pensacola at least, this is in 150 to $250,000 price points, somewhere around 50 to 55% of ARB. Like that's just where it was for me. So we were buying houses at 50 to 55 cents on the dollar. That's what it was like. And so Tyler, how do you guys run your numbers? Yeah, really similar to that. So we're looking at what can we sell it for now? That's the ARV, right? And then we always take out our profit. So part of your fixed costs is that we have to make a minimum of $30,000. That's net, that's after everyone's been paid, after we've held the property, we've insurance, taxes, closing costs, title, all of that stuff we have to make at least $30,000. And that's a starting point, right? That's a minimum. If it doesn't meet that criteria, we're not even looking at a deal. Because anything skinnier than $30,000 makes me really nervous. Pricing could change, or you'd have to take a, a price drop or something like that. And we just don't wanna mess with those skinnier deals. We wanna make sure that there's still enough meat on the bone that it makes it worth it. So 30,000 is kind of the benchmark. And then we kind of do the same thing. We work backwards. There's not really a percentage that we kind of follow, but we'll get the deal for as cheap as we can, right? If we know that there's room in it and we know that our rehab numbers are solid, then we just need to make that minimum. So it's more of a minimum number than a percentage. So 30 is the absolute, that's the bottom line. We won't take a deal that we can't make at least $30,000 on. And so, yeah, running numbers for us has really been that, right? What is it, what's our ARB, what's our rehab, and then what do we need to be buy it for to be able to hold it, right? And now with a slower market, and now we might be going down or plateauing as a market, we have to count that extra 30 days on the market, where before we didn't have to plan on that 
holding costs. Now you're going to have more utilities. You're going to have to pay insurance longer. You're going to have hard money costs or private money costs. And you're going to have to, instead of flipping houses in 30 days, now we're planning on selling them in 60 to 90 days, right? So nothing really changed. We still have those same metrics. We still need to make the same amount of money. But now we're looking at them a little bit differently that, hey, we need to make sure we can hold on the these holding costs, and if we need to take a price drop, then we're still priced conservative with our numbers. So, um, do you always hit thirty thousand dollars? So, when you say you build that in, like every house you flip, do you hit a minimum of thirty k? Yeah, as of right now, we are. We're hitting at least thirty k. So you've never you've never sold a house <laughs> and made less than thirty thousand. That's what I'm asking. Uh, that's a. a no, yes, the answer, the short answer is yes, we have. <laughs> okay. Do so I want to do houses? No, right? Those are terrible, but. No, I uh, want to bring yeah. that up because, I mean, even though you build in the the anticipated, I want to make $30,000 or more, it doesn't yeah. always happen that way, right? Sure. And so, you know, even the best, um, best flippers, person with the most sound fundamentals, you're going to have one or two of those that go over budget. You find it, you, you pull something out, you start, you rip a wall down and you found all kinds of stuff that has to be repaired and fixed. So it's not always going to be that way, but your rules of thumb are there for a reason, right? And so um, what about finding ARV? So I think this is the thing that is, is causing people some pause right now is uh, ARV being the after repair value, the anticipated sales price of the home after being repaired and fixed up and forcing equity and appreciation in there, right? So how are you guys calculating that now based on maybe the, the market seeing more days on market, going into more of a kind of like unknown what next month or three months from now is gonna bring? Yeah, so we're, a lot of that comes into, and I just met with my sales team this morning, that we're really looking at, it, it feels like it's more of a 2019 market, right? So you look back to 2019, 2018, somewhere in there, our inventory levels are pretty similar. Interest rates are fairly similar, right? Uh, maybe a little bit more today than they were, but they were in the high force in 2018, 2019. And so it's, it feels like it's 2019 all over again. And I've talked with, I've heard Terry Berger and Andy talk a lot about that, but it really feels like it's 2019. So we're kind of looking at conservative numbers. We'll look at 2019 uh, just for some comparables to say, hey, what is it? what did it sell for in 2019? Okay, what does it look like today? And we kind of take an average of those two numbers. Based on 2019, what it sold for, what is it selling for now? Okay, here's our, we always do a low, medium, and a high. And our medium is kind of always that really conservative number. And we're always saying, hey, this is our sweet spot, if you will, right? This is what we think we can sell it for right now as the market sits based on all of that information. So the low, if we can still make money at a low and be conservative, hey, if we have to take a $10,000 or $20,000 price drop, we're still okay and we still make good money on it, right? But that sweet spot, and sometimes we'll push it, right? Even still in this market, we're still pushing the value because we're still getting it. We're still, we're not getting 10,000 or $20,000 over asking, but we're still pushing a higher price and we're still getting that price with a lot of buyers. They, we put out a really good quality product and people are willing to pay for that. So back again to that mid sweet spot, that that is where we think the house will actually end up. We know that we can push it a little bit higher and maybe we can capsize on that. We understand that there's a risk that we may have to sell it a little bit lower, but with all the data that we've collected, that's our sweet spot, and that's what we use our ARVs, that mid-range. Okay, we know that there's plus or minus either way, and we'll still be okay. We'll still be profitable. What are you seeing right now? Like, do you have houses on the market? 
Um, what's yeah. like an average, what, what was it like a couple months ago and what's the average kind of days on market for you guys? And are you still getting over asking price offers, tons of showings? What's it like in the current state right now for you guys? Yeah, so we're still moving properties. They take a little bit longer. So we were usually selling them in three to four days and now we're closer to 14 days. So we know that the buyers are gonna do that. And we had a lot of listings in July where people were traveling or on vacation. We saw that a lot just with showings in general went down in July. But now they're kind of back up. People are back from vacation and maybe who knows what the rest of this month is gonna look like. But it is taking us a little bit longer, but we're still selling them for that high amount. We're not doing a ton of huge price drops yet. We said, hey, we're gonna push the, the market a little bit, understanding that it's gonna still it's going to take a little bit longer to do, but we're not putting mass price drops yet on any of our properties. We've seen that with a lot of competitors and a lot of these higher end houses. They're starting to do those high significant price drops. But for us and for our avatar who we're selling these properties to, we know that they're getting a brand new house and they're getting a good deal on it. So nothing crazy yet, but we are seeing a slow in days on market. So and showings have reflected that as well. So we're not getting as many showings either. You mentioned 2019 and I did a, I did like a deep dive for our seven figure RIA last, I think it was last week, last Tuesday. I pulled up all the data charts of uh, new listings on the market, pending listings, all stuff. And I used, I used Redfin data to kind of look at it, all major metros. And then I looked at certain cities for people, including Nashville. And what I noticed was people are talking about how many more listings are going in the market. The pendings are um, adjusting, days on marketing getting longer. And I compared that to 2019. The first thing I did was I said, hey, what was 2019 like for a lot of you guys that were flipping houses in 2019? They're like, it was amazing. We made a ton of money. It was a great year. I said, it was pretty good, right? And they're like, yeah. Well, we are still so far away from that with new listings, pendings, days on market, all this stuff. Like it, our memory is so short. It's like so short. It's like, I can only remember two months ago when I was selling my house for $50,000 over asking in five seconds and I didn't even have to repair it. And yeah. so now we're getting to a place of like, okay, we're not actually going backwards. We're just slowing down appreciation and it's getting back to not even normal of, like to, to define normal in real estate just doesn't exist. It's like, yeah. it, it's just, it is or it or was, that's it. There's no real normal. You know, uh, even you could say six months of inventory is like a balanced market, quote unquote, but th there's no real normal. It's just like, this is what was happening. This is what is happening. And it is. So at this point, you've got to just figure out what you talked about business fundamentals in the beginning. It's, it's knowing where to focus, I think. And that's really where I'd like to go, because if you look at charts and things like that, and I agree with you, um, the rates are kind of similar to 2019, but I do feel like, um, people have more money um, or they like kind of felt like they do. And now I feel like they're kind of like holding it back a little bit. And that, that's what I'm watching. I'm watching all of the consumer sentiment. Like what is the thing that the consumers are doing? Are they not spending as much? They're not going on vacations? Are, are they not wanting to buy a house? Are they, do, are they just now happy where they are? Um, they missed, they feel like they missed it. Um, I talk about this like herd mentality that's happening right now and the media is controlling all of that which is really interesting so if you don't watch it which i would encourage you not to watch it you should lean into it to just watch where the herd's going because you could be over here doing your thing making money in real estate while the herd's over there um doing the thing that the herd does which is 
get killed. Um, so, so. And a recession isn't a bad thing for real estate. I made a ton of money in the last recession. We started, I started flipping in 2008 and there were short sales and foreclosures and all those things happening in 2008. And we made a lot of money in that. It's just how you are, you're able to adapt and like what you're saying, watch what the herd is doing. And to, for right now, that's to our advantage, right? We're hearing a lot of sellers say, oh, I missed it. I missed the market. I know I'm not going to be able to sell it for as much. I need to sell it now for a little bit lower price versus what I could have done three months ago, right? And that's good for us because now we're able to negotiate more discounts and we're able to say, yeah, you're right. You know, the market's changing and your house may be not worth as much. So here, let, let's give you this offer. How can we still help you get your house sold? So. A, a good problem for us, right? It's just how you see opportunity. What would you recommend for those people that are just jumping into the business or they don't have a massive flipping business right now? Um, what would you recommend to them to focus on for kind of the business fundamentals and those kind of things to make money in a, a changing environment like this? Yeah, so what's really interesting to me is I've had probably 10 different wholesalers call us and say, hey, we need you to make offers on these deals. And I'm like, why? Tell me what's going on. And they're like, well, we are seeing huge amounts of buyers fall out, right? People aren't making offers on deals anymore. We're not moving them. He's like, just make us an offer. And if we need to go and renegotiate with the seller, we can, but we want to know where we're at. And so for us, that's a huge opportunity. I told my team today, I'm like, hey, there is so much opportunity because buyers are backing out, right? So let's start talking with these wholesalers and finding out how we can work together with them. So if that's your main source of marketing strategy is whole, buying from wholesalers, which we've done for a long time, we still do a lot of that, then network with those people and find out what they need, right? And they're reaching out to us, they're coming to us now, or before we were just another number on their buyers list, right? Another email address where now, a lot of buyers are going away, that opens up a huge door for people who are still buying to go in and find these properties from wholesalers. So if that's your main source is buying from wholesalers, those relationships are key, right? Find out how we can win together. What do they need? Make them an offer, right? Don't be afraid to put in a low ball offer because now if they don't have anyone else to sell it to, they're gonna renegotiate and they're gonna come to me because I can perform and I can do those deals. So if wholesaling is, is that path for you, then great, like start, keep building those relationships because they're gonna put off a lot of deals. Wholesaling is not going away. It's still important to, to buyers like me. They're just gonna have to adapt as well. They're gonna have to change their pricing structure. They're gonna have to buy it a little deeper and they're gonna bring it to us. But keep building those relationships. If you're starting doing marketing, great time. You're seeing a ton of appointments and a ton of sellers who have questions, right? And you need to be the answer to those questions. What's happening in the market? What's, what is my house worth right now? What are you willing to pay for? And if you can do both of those avenues, right? Either you're direct to seller or you're buying from wholesalers or a mixture of both, then you need to be the solution to their problems. Whether the wholesaler has problems and they need to move properties or the seller themselves have the problems, right? You need to be the answer to that. And if you can do that, then there's a huge opportunity for you to make a ton of money. Yeah, I like that. You wrote, just make an offer. I've been telling flippers this forever uh, for the past yeah. like five years. Like you might only be the only person that made an offer even in the market a year ago. So um, make an offer, like run your numbers, put in an offer. You might be the only one who did. And otherwise the wholesaler needs to go back and cancel the contract. With a number, at least I can go back and renegotiate to know what I'm going to make, even if it's a thousand or two thousand dollars. I can go back and go to bat, but without that, I I can never be confident going back to the seller. 
not knowing what somebody would value the property at. So yeah, we, we just did that. So uh, what I'm telling you is real life business for us. We had a the wholesaler sent out the price. We came in 50 K less than what they had said. Hey, this is our offer price or whatever. And we said, Hey, look, 50 K for us. This is where it works. We have to take a, a sub 50 K of whatever you're asking. They went and renegotiated with the seller. They made like five or 10 grand. They still were able to win and we got the house where we needed it. And so uh, again, having those relationships was huge for us. So don't be afraid to do that, but, but have good, it needs to make sense, right? For both parties, how can we both win? Yeah, I think the other thing is, is plug into what's really happening real time. So I yeah, love doing this. Sure. I can hear from Tyler, like running a wholesaling company. I can hear from a flipper, what they're thinking. How are they adjusting their ARVs? What are they thinking about? What's their days on market? Are they still buying? Um, are they leaving the marketplace? What are they doing, right? And so uh, we, we put an event on every single year. It's called Flip Hacking Live. If you've never heard of it, you might actually be living under a rock or this is the first time you're hearing it. Yeah, Tyler's got a shirt on. You can go to fliphackinglive.com uh, and, and grab a ticket. Like this is the place where we come together. It's not far away. It's just a couple months away. It's in Orlando, October 13th, 14th, and 15th. We would love to see you there. Tyler has been on stage just about every year. I've been on stage every year. Um, we, ha we bring in speakers. This year is, I'm going to do things a little bit different. I'm bringing in a ton of really amazing speakers that are going to talk very specifically about what's going on in today's market and give you the tools and strategies to use moving into this. So um, we're going to train on that. You should be able to execute exactly what we teach for every presentation uh, there. It's not like a whole lot of fluff. I make everybody share everything. So go to flipbackandlive.com, grab your ticket. I think that's a great thing if you're just getting into the marketplace or you're trying to figure out what's next. To get surrounded by people who think like Tyler and me and everybody else out there, that they are, they're not the herd mentality, right? Everybody is saying the same thing. If you listen to the last show that I did um, with Priscilla, she was talking about how when they got started, their whole family was telling them not to do it. Like, don't, don't buy these houses, don't do these things. <laughs> and th the people they surrounded themselves with were the ones that slowed them down. And that's usually what happens. So I wanna be the person that speeds you up. So uh, grab a ticket, we'd love to see you. It's an amazing event. So um, what about somebody who, like, it sounds to me like the numbers are really important at this moment as a flipper, right? So you're talking about using 2019, kind of looking at that. I think that's incredibly smart. Um, not necessarily maybe running your ARV off of that, but kind of like, you know what? It could go to that, right? So now I, I kind of see what it's sold for in the last three to six months like we normally would. And then it could go to that, but it's probably somewhere in the middle. Right. Yep. Or somewhere. And, and I might have to adjust my price over time to get there. And, and so now I want to I'm not going to like if you had to take a 2019 number in that neighborhood and try to buy a house from a seller or a wholesaler, it's probably going to be a challenge right now. Yeah. But if you kind of see, hey, this is this could be the direction that we go based on what we think might happen, then then I can start making adjustments. Just gives you it just gives you data points. Right. 2019. I mean, I wouldn't take like uh you know, this time 2021, this is going to be like ramping it up. And but you can just you can see you can see what happened. I love to look at these charts that show me the last like four or five years because I can I, it actually gives me uh, a framework to to make my decisions based off of, because otherwise we just go by feel like, oh, it feels like the market's slowing down or it feels like they're sitting on the market longer. It feels like they're massive price drops. When I did that, it was like eight weeks of inventory here. So the interesting thing I found was in Nashville, the new listings went up 30%, but the pending listings only went down 3%, which means the market saturation was 
it needed more inventory, right? Mm -hmm. So 30% more houses go on the market, but and, and almost all of them go pending except for 3% of, of what's up on the market, which was in a decrease from the previous year, previous year decrease, which is like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. The inventory went up 30% from the previous year and down 3%. So it's stuff like that, when you look at that, it gives you perspective. And that's what we need because a lot of times we're just comparing like how we felt last month to how we feel this month. And that's a problem. So yes. uh, data will solve it. And that's why I want to bring Tyler on. I want to bring other people on. Um, what, what else are you guys thinking about right now? Um, like how are interest rates and those kind of things, do you feel affecting your sales? Um, what are you seeing on like offers? Is there any seller contingencies? Like is any of that stuff changing at all? Or I've seen a lot of people um, do like rate buy downs, right? Where before that wasn't a really a thing, right? And, and paying closing costs. To six months ago, there's no way I would pay any of your closing costs, right? If we take, if we have to pay closing costs, I'm not going to do it. But now we're looking at that, and people are doing rate buy downs as part of their offer. Hey, give me five thousand dollar credit or whatever, so I can buy the rate down. Okay, cool. I've seen that come in a lot. I've seen paying for closing costs are starting to sneak back in, right? Where before we never had to do that. And and going again back to 2019, I'm definitely not saying comp your properties to 2019, but you need to know what that trend line looks like, right? Where what what's happened? What's the historical the story? And where are we going, right? Trying to re read that crystal ball of hey, what's happening? In 2019, we paid closing costs all the time. It was just part of the norm, right? Like what you're saying, there is no norm; it just is. And so people are asking that, hey, pay pay some closing costs or help us with a rate buy down. And you have to be okay with that, with that changing market. And looking back, one thing that I've really noticed a lot is that none of, I always teach, the three things I teach when flipping houses is time, budget, and quality, okay? That's the three, that's the three pillars that hold up flipping a house and being successful at it. You have to control that time, you have to control budget, and you have to control quality. Six months ago, no one listened to me. It didn't matter. Quality didn't matter, you just have to have a house. Budget didn't matter. If we go over budget, who cares? We're going to sell it for $20,000 more, right? And time. Time was actually in your favor. If you sat on a property and it took you longer to rehab it, you were actually making money on the time, right? And now that it's shift and we're starting to see that plateauing, if you will, now those things are even more important, right? So now you have to come back to those, again, those business fundamentals of time, budget, and quality. Now that the market is going down or plateauing or cooling or whatever you want to call it, right? Turning these properties faster, you're able to adapt a lot quicker. If we can turn properties quicker and beat the new interest rate going up, then I'm going to win versus someone who's holding it and seeing all these interest rates hike and whatever. We can change a lot quicker if we can control those. Now budget means a lot, right? If you go over budget, it could make or break your deal. And same with quality. If you're putting out, now you have higher inventory. And if you put out a poor quality product, buyers have more power, like we talked about before. They're gonna go for a better quality product instead of, I just have to have a house, right? So again, going back to those business fundamentals, we've never changed those. We've never strayed away from that. Budget was always super important to us. Keeping our time was always important to us. And putting out a good quality product where a lot of these new flippers come in and they're just like, oh, it doesn't matter. None of those really matter. If it's ugly and the quality sucks and all these things, I could still make the house and I could still make money. And that was true in a super appreciating market. But now it's coming back to those three things, right? 
time, budget, and quality. If you can control those now, those are the people that are going to win. And so for us, when you ask what's changing, what's happening, what are we doing with interest rates? None of that really like affects what we're doing in my business, right? We're still going to sell houses. We're still going to move properties because we're sticking to those three things, right? And we, we, we stay true to those business fundamentals. So interest rates are going to change. Yes. Could they spike again? Yes. Our, is affordability of housing and inflation on all of that reflecting on the backside? For sure, that's all happening, but it doesn't change how we run our business, right? People will still always buy houses, regardless of interest rate, regardless of inflation, there's always a buyer out there. You might have less, that buyer pool could shrink significantly, but you'll still be able to move properties. It's a commodity that all of us need. And so if we have a good product, and we, are, we can still make money on it, then we're in a good place, a lot better than flippers that were just starting six months ago and we're making money just blindly, right? So getting back to those systems, those fundamentals, blocking and tackling, if you're just starting out, you really need to emphasize that. What's my budget? How quickly can we turn these properties? And um, what am I putting out a good quality product that people are gonna want? And so if you can stick to those, I think that Inflation and all those things we could talk about, and you could probably have a whole separate series of podcasts on it, right? But for us, we're just getting back to blocking and tackling what's working, what do we know that we can sell these houses for. That's still one of my all-time favorite presentations at Flip Hacking Live is when Andy did the blocking and tackling presentation in like 2017. I think it was yeah. I think it was 2017. It was amazing. And that thing, that presentation will last the test of time because good mm -hmm. operators are going to win. People make money in any market. It doesn't matter. Up market, down market, flat market. There's people making money, for sure. And the good operators, the people that, that do the fundamentals well, that are professionals and good at what they do, they'll stay in there. And the, the interesting thing to me was, and you mentioned in the beginning of the, the show, last year all I heard was, it's too hard to get into real estate. It's, it's so expensive. Like it's, there's no leads. Um, I can't find motivated sellers. Nobody's motivated to sell. And now all I hear is like, oh, now's not the right time to get in there. Like the market's changing. It's not, the values aren't there anymore. It's too expensive. It's not, you know, it, it's just, it's those same people are going to say the same thing regardless of what happens. Yeah. So like you have to change your mindset. You have to change your frame of mind of what success looks like for you and, and be confident that going into business, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises, there's going to be things that happen and you just have to figure it out. Um, honestly, I'm kind of excited to, to go through this. I was going to ask you, how do you feel? Like, do you feel excited about this or are you nervous? So most people that are flipping 35 houses right now, people are listening to this like they have 35 houses that they're working on right now would be like, oh crap, I'm extremely nervous because you probably bought a lot of those based on what was happening two months ago, potentially. So how do you feel? I'm excited, I'm the same way. I think there's a ton of opportunity. So we reset that inventory that we bought two months ago, we'll have it out in the next 30 to 60 days, right? All of that inventory will be gone and now we're gonna get better inventory and I'm even excited for that. So not slowing down at all by any means. Sometimes the widgets have to go on sale to bring in new uh, product and inventory. I love the way that you think about that. It's a widget. And real estate is, a, is like one of my favorite 
things of all times for freedom, for financial independence, for all the things. Like I really do think it's the path to all of that, to your freedom. And inside of that, it's it's how you make it, it's the way you build your business, it's the way you shift and adapt. And it's it's really fun and exciting to, to have a new problem to create solutions for. So um, I do think that there's gonna be people that are that will do really well in any market. And um, and the great people are the ones that last a, a long time, have longevity through all of it, and and keep going. So I love I love our our mastermind group, all the people in it, the community, all of those folks that are going to be, be uh, sharpening their axe and going um, to to pick up all of this. Like the seller's sentiment is changing, and we're starting to see more motivation now. I don't know that the motivation is high enough to take massive discounts yet. That's the thing. So now, I was just talking about this on our YouTube channel. It's going to be about follow-up. It's going to be about all the leads that are increasing, the phone calls that are increasing. It's about being able to handle that kind of call volume. It's about handling that follow-up and and doing the basics really well, as opposed to before where it was like, you know, maybe you could have, like, if I'm getting 500 calls instead of 100 calls, I need to be able to go through that. Right, and a new person might not be able to build out their team or invest in that, whereas somebody else who really wants to kind of grow and scale their business through something like that can. So it's going to be interesting to see, and I, I'm excited about it too. Um, yeah. What are some and, last say? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and the, the word that we hear a lot is the recession, right? Uh, a lot of sellers are saying, "Is there a recession? What's happening? Where the is there going to be a recession?" And they feel like this market cooling and interest rates going up that that means recession, right? And I'm not going to go diving into that, but that's okay. We're, we're playing to that word. Well, what does a recession mean to you, and how does that affect you? And and we're putting it back onto them. Tell me what you think about the recession. What are you feeling, right? And that's the best part about being in this mastermind is that we have people that have those common trends that we can compare notes to. And you have the pulse of the market, which is amazing. I never had that before I joined Seven Figure Flipping, is that I was always trying to figure it out on my own, right? Now we do a state of the market call, and we're doing all these things that we're, you get the pulse on everywhere in the country. I know what's happening in real estate, and that's really powerful. I'm trying to get the actual recession definition. I, I think it's a drop in GDP over two uh, quarters in a row. But when I Googled recession, so as you were talking, I just Googled recession real quick. And Wikipedia says, in economics, a recession is a business cycle contraction where there's general decline in economic activity. So yada, 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 yada. Uh, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. So a significant decline in economic activity spread across the market, lasting more than a few months. So th that's their definition. So, and I also saw headlines like, US recession looks likely. There are three ways the economy could enter a recession. Uh, how to survive a recession and thrive afterward. Uh, recession um, opinion, the US can still avoid a recession. Here's how. Uh, space industry warned to uh, prepare for impact from lurking recession. Goldman says no recession yet, but watch these signs that one is coming. It, like, four key market metrics that signal investors are prepping for recession. So it's like, this is what everybody's hearing in the news and headlines. And every phone call that we're taking is going there. And so the media, the, the, all of the propaganda that goes out to the herd is is causing a lot of this. The cool thing to me is that 
when we were worried about what was happening with iBuyers and everybody like Zillow, Offerpad, Opendoor, all these companies that were spending hundreds of millions of dollars educating our customers on what a cash offer is and that it's okay to take it. And we were all complaining, well, most of us were complaining about how they were competing with us. Now what they've done is they've educated us and given us some credibility in the marketplace that you didn't have to pay for. So I'm going to thank the iBuyers as we move into this area of us closing, of us, like if they can't continue to buy at this rate, which I'm sure they can't, they can't continue to lose money at the rate that they're losing money at, and we can build sound fundamentals. Now, we are kind of poised for an area of cash offers, not the end of the world. I've, the consumers are educated that that's not really a bad thing. I don't have to pay for that anymore. That was phone calls, emails, showing up the house, credibility kits, all these things that had to happen before that in 2015 when I started. And now I can walk into that appointment and provide a solution to a problem that they have and really help them. And I mean, it's the same business as it was last year, the year before that, the year before that. But I mean, we're really poised to be able to to do well. And now it's a, it, the supply issue starts changing, right? And now it's a demand problem. And now we just figure out the demand problem. So if you can figure that out, and now it's about spending time, if you're a wholesaler, finding your buyers. Like Tyler said, calling them up, talking to them. What do they need? What are they, what's going on? How are they buying? Tell me about that. And then if you're a flipper, it's about understanding the marketplace, talking to real estate agents, talking to buyers, understanding what they're wanting, what they're needing. Just realize, Tyler, that when you give seller concessions and a price reduction and all the things that you might want to say yes to, you're also setting the comp for the next property that you sell. And yeah. so is the homeowner down the road and the other homeowner down the road. So all these motivated sellers that are starting to maybe sell their property and take a price drop and take, give concessions, they're affecting our sales too. So seeing all of that and knowing the direction that they're going is gonna be important for all of us. And we'll continue to bring information like this to you. Um, any last like save rounds, last things that you wanna like, some advice that you wanna to give to the people that are out there that are listening, that are flippers primarily, that are maybe they're yeah. worried or struggling or things like that. Yeah, when you're reading definitions and all those headlines, all I heard was fear, 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 right? People are scared of of real estate and what happens, right? And it's those people that can overcome that and say, you know what, I, I'm scared of what the market's gonna be, but I, I can control what I can control, right? And I can control my business fundamentals and I know that I'm gonna win. And if you have that mindset, whatever you're doing in wholesaling or flipping, running your own company, that failure is not an option and I'm willing to adapt and, and what is it, hypothesize, test, pivot, right? And that's what we do in our business. We hypothesize, we test, then we pivot, we change. I started in 2008 where the market was totally different, right? We were negotiating short sales, we were doing foreclosures. And I heard the same thing that you're hearing, Bill, all the time. It's the wrong time to get into real estate. I'm telling you, it's always the right time to get into real estate. There is, there is never a bad time to get into real estate. The biggest regret that I hear people in real estate say, I wish I would have started sooner. I wish I would have started flipping houses sooner. I wish I would have got into real estate sooner. Don't let that be you, right? I promise whatever the market is here, we're here for you. Bill's giving you all this amazing content and this information to help you win and succeed to limit that fear. And the biggest thing that we have is these limiting beliefs and what other people are telling us, right? Oh, fear, the recession's coming. What you should do to prepare for the recession, right? All of those things are fear-based. If you believe in you and you have confidence in what your capabilities are, 
then go and win. It doesn't matter what anything else is happening in real estate. You can win and you can be successful in this. So don't be the guy that says, I wish I would have started sooner, right? Start right now, come to Flip Hacking Live, be a, join a mastermind, read Bill's book, listen to these podcasts. There's a, so many ways that we're here to help you win and you can do it, right? If I can do it, Andy McFarland always says, if one man can do it, another man can do it, right? And that's it. That's what we're proving to you is that you can do it. Don't buy into all the other BS that's happening out there. Buy into you and say, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to win. And it doesn't matter what's happening in the real estate market because I'm going to figure it out. And you can. And we're here to help you do this. Andy's quote is from a movie. So if you're a woman listening to this, you can do it too. So <laughs> exactly. you have... We have well, a one person of, can do another yeah, person. A lot of amazing women in, in our in our mastermind <laughs> groups that come to Flip Hacking Live, that speak on stage. It's really amazing, and uh, I'm just giving Tyler a little hard time via Andy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so we the the biggest thing I, I would say here is Tyler talked about the podcast and the books and the uh, the mastermind and the events and all this stuff. Is like for me, it's it's like take a step, like take action, go do something. Like sure. if you've been listening to podcasts for a really long time and just soaking it in, like go do something, take some action. If like buying the buying a book is not the action, like buy the book, read, start reading the book, and while you're reading the book, put it down and go do some of the things it's talking about. If you are like right now, you can take some action. Go buy your ticket to Flip Back and Live, get your flight, get your hotel, and then come to the event and take some action. Right? And it, joining the mastermind is fine but just coming into the mastermind and coming to the events is not going to make you successful, make you financially free or doing those things. It's about taking the tools and implementing them in your business and your life. So like anything else out there, you, you gotta, you gotta actually like exercise the muscle, right? Exercise the thing. And so for us in that, in that case, it's about going out there, knocking on a door, sending a card, uh, putting an online advertisement out, making an offer on a deal, running some numbers, going to look at it. There's so many success stories that I've seen of people who just, they came into our world and they just started doing, right? They learned through action, like educate yourself through action. So I've, saw, I've seen that over and over again. It's really amazing. So right now, the action I want you to take is go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket um, and, uh, and come join us. Like I really do think that could be the next thing, like the thing that you need to get off your butt and go, like an act. And we're gonna, and if you're currently running um, a successful business or even a smaller business right now and, and you're struggling a little bit, there, the tool is there, like the strategy is there. Come there and also, the thing is when you sit next to somebody who looks like they're wearing like board shorts and a t-shirt and sandals and they have a million dollars in the bank and they're doing hundreds of deals a year, it puts it in massive perspective. I'm telling you, I was there. I remember meeting Andy and Justin and everybody for the first time and I was like, wow, that, that's, all, that's what I needed. Like that's what I needed to just grow a massively successful multi-million dollar business was to see that other people are doing it. And that's what we do there. So to, to hear it on the podcast, to, to watch a video or a, a virtual event or something like that is very different than um, shaking hands, having lunch, uh, sitting down at a round table with somebody and just realizing, wow, like they kind of sound like a big deal on the podcast, but they're really not. And I can do this too. So. Tyler is a big deal though. So uh, thank you guys for for listening to the show. I'm really excited about our event coming up. Uh, we have a lot of other things planned as well, but Flip Hacking Live is like all roads lead to that for me right now. Uh, I'm building it out, having a lot of fun doing it. And uh, Tyler, what's one thing, so something I've been doing recently, what's something that you need in your business right now that um, that's maybe some of the listeners can help 
U.S. Maybe you need a contractor, you need some money, or you need something that um, that you can ask for at the end of the call because you guys give so much on these podcasts. And at the end, it's very, I just say thank you and let you go. So what's something that you need in your business or your life right now that somebody, it, may, it might be in your personal life, that somebody can help you with this listening? Hmm. That was a great question. The biggest focus for me now is, is moving into raising a ton of capital. So I've done Bill's 500K challenge. Now, how do I add a zero to that? How do I do the $5 million challenge? So if you want to invest in real estate, you want to reach out to us, like Bill and I are doing some deals together. We're doing deals here in Utah. So I just really want to raise a ton of capital and help those investors who, hey, I'm not really sure, I'm not really comfortable. I want to be the horse that they can bet on. And if they want to put money into a deal that I've already vetted the deals and that, um, I'm here for them, right? So I'm here to answer questions, whatever you need. You can find me on Facebook, Tyler Jensen, or Utah House Flip is our company. And uh, yeah, reach out, love to talk to you. And even mentor, if you need someone to help you or anything like that, we do a lot of coaching and I'm here to help answer your questions because someone did that to me, right? I joined an amazing group that I always have this saying that it's hard to fly with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. Start finding the eagles in your life and get rid of the turkeys and i was able to do that and i want to give back and help people do that as well also one last thing that we're really i'm really excited about is our foundation the seven figure foundation is an incredible experience we're actually doing another mission trip in chicago with our altitude members uh, we have an amazing service project that we're doing so if you're looking at giving or you want to help or you want to give back uh, the seven figure foundation is an amazing opportunity to do that so those are my two asks i guess Cool. Thank um, you. And Tyler, I just did the $5 million challenge. Um, I had yeah, uh, awesome. maybe like a week or two to raise 5 million bucks. And right in two minutes, I'm having a call and I think we got there. So um, awesome. I have a couple more days to get there. So, but I think we're just about there. So um, I'll tell you how I did it. I'll give okay. you a download. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget, go to fliphackinglive.com. Grab your ticket. I would love to see you there in Orlando. It's an amazing resort. Uh, you can bring the family, bring the kids. Um, just have a great time. There's a couple different options on the site. There's a regular ticket. There's a VIP ticket. And there's like a super VIP ticket this year to come to our Rise event. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have an amazing time. And I can't wait to see you guys. I'll see you on the next show. Bye. Hey, thanks.